¿Buscas trabajo? Únete a un equipo ganador. Swissport está contratando agentes de carga, empleado para recarga de combustible y agentes para manejo de personal de tierra. Swissport ofrece entrenamiento pagado, salario competitivo y mucho más. Están contratando para el Aeropuerto Internacional Doles. Para más información envía un texto con la palabra Swissport al 2200 o visita Swissport.com diagonal careers. Palabra Swissport al 2200 o visita Swissport.com diagonal careers. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about evil wraiths, sleeping beauties, and a whole lot of red flags for Belle. This is starting off on a little bit of a not great note, at least for Belle. Everything else is great. Belle is just, nah. Girl, run. (laughs) Girl, run fast. Run fast in your giant heels. All right, I'm Beth Eldergan. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? This episode of Once Upon a Timing is brought to you by Tactical Going Through the Woods Bumpets. The biggest hair I've ever seen on a on a on a on a warrior woman. The 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 early 2000s scream and I just how it it, it was like a joke from Fair, Fairly Odd Parents with Doug Dimmadome. Like, I just felt like her hair just kept getting taller in every scene. I don't know why. <laughs> like, it had Regina height at one point. It was crazy. Anyway, Mulan's bump it is my favorite. <laughs> it's an amazing bump it. Like, she can pull it off. Not a lot of people can pull that bump it off. But no. she could. No, she did. 10 out of 10. Love it. So anyway, that was the part where I was like, oh, yeah, the early 2000s was the thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, we are talking about season two, episode one, Broken. We have officially made it through season one of Once Upon a Time. If you are just joining us, first of all, welcome. Hi, how are you welcome. doing? It's Hello. Great. Hi. It's great to hear from you. Uh, but you can always go back. Uh, we have gone back through from the very beginning of the series. And uh, you can check us out there. Or if you're just like, hey, I know what happens in season one. Maybe I want to find out what happens in season two. You know what? I barely remember this season, so I'm curious to find out what happens to myself. Someone commented this, and it made me feel good that a couple people made the same uh, mention on our Facebook group, and someone reached out and told me this on Twitter, that season two is often the forgotten season because just no one remembers. Like, there's this weird gap of memory where it's just like somewhere between here and Peter Pan, there's just this drop of knowledge. We remember a couple of things, but not everything. And it makes me feel good that I'm not the only one. I felt like a very bad fan for a while. I was like, oh, no, I don't remember like a whole season. So, yes, this will be the one that I'm most interested in because I, I watched this whole episode expecting several things to happen that did not. So, Yeah, I was. Yeah, because the things I remember are Hook and Cora. Cora is involved mm-hmm. somehow and Hook is involved somehow. Um, but I'm curious to see if this season is 
base, I guess my big question is, is it, has it been forgotten for a reason or is that unfair to it because it was sandwiched between two very notable seasons for fans? And I'm curious to find out the answer to that. Agreed. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> nothing, to, nothing to add. Agreed. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're going to go ahead and dive on into this episode. Uh, but first, we have an opening scene that takes us, much like season one, takes us completely out of Storybrooke. We find ourselves in New York City. With a strange man. Park. Who's this man? Who is this man? Who is this person? Mystery well, man. we know who this We actually know who this man is. But in, as far as the, the scene is concerned... He is an unknown entity. It is just a random person just chilling in New York City, having a good time. Doesn't seem to have a great situation, but you know, he also has an apartment on the Upper West Side, so like yeah, even like if it's a tiny ass studio, good for you. It's like it's like it's Upper West Side, the windows don't close. Is that a problem? <laughs> And he, uh, yeah, when he tries to close it, he loses his iPod. No! no! The iPod with the U2 songs on it. Oh, no. No! Oh, uh, I miss I miss the, the iPod with the, the, the swirly whirl. Like, I, when you, you scrub through. Those things, you know, like, all for just, this is a part where I get all crotchety old old lady. iPhones today, they break too easy. I have a pink iPod. Like, I think it was second generation. I don't ever think I had the first gen, but I had the second generation with the whirly gig on it. Uh, I have, I dropped that thing. It had been just yeeted into oblivion a couple of times and it never stopped working. It's got chunks missing out of it. It's, it's pink. I pulled it out the other day. It just seems like a relic from a day gone by, but much like a Nokia cell phone, uh, they were very sturdy and I miss them. So his, it it is 100% fine. He just needs to go down and get it. Yeah. I like I always whenever I see old iPods um I I likewise get very nostalgic and I like I wish that that the iPhone had like a visual option where you could basically recreate that and you could scrub through your songs in your yep. Apple Music using the like why haven't they did that or why isn't there an app for that like I want it back Yeah I bring I mean they're they're bringing back the flip phone so I have a feeling that the the classic iPod is not too far behind. Listen, I, I you know, you say what you want about flip phones, and I mean, they can do anything because, boy, guys, until you've had to type a really frantic message using T9, you don't know the pro- struggles. But hanging up with someone, hanging up on someone when you're mad on a flip phone is just something you cannot duplicate with a regular phone. Extremely rewarding. Oh, it was great because you'd flip it and then you'd like throw it onto your catch shot. No, I'm done. Oh, just yeah. Like the number one is hanging up a landline, just slamming it down. Second flip phone, not as loud, but just as gratifying. Flip phones also had that thing when if you did something cool, you could just like, especially if someone was like in the room with you and you would just like be looking at them and then you just pull it away from yourself. I did it. You're like, whoa, like it's such a cool baller move. Did it. I told her. Anyway. Well, anyway, so this mystery <laughs> man, <laughs> let's, let's get, the, I mean, life, you know, li- life when you're 30 something and you, you miss flip phones. Guys, flip remember phones. flip phones. <laughs> so, uh, so this mystery man, he is lamenting the, the temporary loss of his iPod. Cause as Abby said, he could just go downstairs and get it. It's totally fine. Even in the rain, those things can last through anything. 
Um, he gets a pigeon shows up or a dove. It's just a bird. It's, it's a like a white of... pigeon. Yeah, like you couldn't it... get the dove. They got a white pigeon instead. Yeah, it's got to be a pigeon. Uh, shows up and it has like a, a a piece of paper, a thick piece of like wait, it's a postcard glued to its foot. And and I had two questions. <laughs> One, well, it's not a question. It's more of a comment. Poor bird. Oh, poor bird. Two, how did how did how did it stay on? Like he flew there. Listen, that, that bird was, was it magic. I, I bet no, that bird. It, I, I bet that bird just tried his best. Good for you, bird. <laughs> I do. Yes. I I do like the idea that someone's like, I'm going to use this carrier pigeon, but I've got this giant. Like this pigeon probably had one of those little things on its feet that is just like you put the message in, but the dumbass that sent it was just like it has to be on a postcard. Because that's the joie de vivre I'm going for. Anyway, I'm going to write one cryptic word on it. Amazing. What is this, a horror movie? Uh, yeah, you're right. Glue it to the bird's foot. Just just, just short of, like, carving a hole in it and sticking it on the bird like a collar. Like, it's just like, this will stay. <laughs> and, yes, it has one word written on it. says broken. And on the other side is an advertisement for Storybrooke. It's time to come visit. <laughs> I love the idea that there's a postcard stand in Storybrooke. Did anyone ever buy these in the 28 years it was happening? Just like, I'm going to write a letter. To whom? Like, there's no postal service. They were frozen. It didn't there's matter. No one no one knows anybody outside of the of Storybrooke who you sent a postcards to. Anyway, sorry. Well, I mean, during their Groundhog Day, living one day at a time over and over again for 28 years, I guess Regina and the curse... Ne- just never program anyone to want to send a postcard. I guess they were at Sneezy's the- pharmacy and they just sat there collecting dust for decades. Oh, and he just sat there sad and yeah. sneezing because of the dust. So that is where we leave this mystery person. I like how we spent three times as long talking about this scene <laughs> as it actually happened. Uh, and at no point mis- do we actually describe who it is. No, we don't because it's not important at the moment. We just know that there is a mystery afoot. Um, and the mystery of foot is, is his iPod okay? How did this pigeon get here with a, a postcard glued to that? So many questions have been opened up that will never be answered for us. Loopholes abound starting episode one of season two. Boom. Mystery is underfoot, the poor bird. <laughs> oh, no. No. All right. So we are going to head to Storybrooke. And this is, we're just picking up right after the end of season one. There is no time lapse. There is no... We're not fast forwarding a month or three months into the future. There was no summer break in Storybrooke. No, this is right after the fog. The purple fog has cleared. Snow and Charming are together. And we we're li- we have this momentary thing of panic of, oh my God, are they recursed again? Because the way that they look at each other is a little bit blank for a hot second. Yeah. And you kind of have to, mm-hmm. it's leaving you to wonder what happened to them. But they're, they're still Snow and Charming. It's all fine. Uh, they're good. I... <laughs> I am and I keep using the term emotionally compromised. I just don't have the bandwidth to hold it together when anything emotional happens at all. It was a single season. I know how this goes. I know there's stuff ahead of us. I was sobbing every time. <gasps> Red Granny and then the, all the dwarves bowed and they were like, "I was like, oh my god." Like I was just and then they like all hug Emma and it's a whole moment and everything. 
uh, like, yeah, no, tears just actively down my face. I'm cooking burgers and I'm just crying. And my husband's just like, are you okay? I'm like, Emma and her family are back together. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, because they all, they all like see each other uh, for the first time after this, you know, with their memories restored and several of them share a very tender moment and it's very touching. I mean, I, it was, I was enjoying it. It was nice. It was lovely. My heart broke when um, Snow was like, I need to find my daughter. But then, of course, her daughter's right there. And you see Jennifer Goodwin turn around. And it's almost like she's looking at Emma for the first time. And my my heart just broke. It was that that moment, just top-notch performance from Jennifer Goodwin. She just... She's looking at her daughter. It's a woman that she's seen for months now. She knows this person very close, but she has not known her in this way. And she just goes and like touches her face and just starts sobbing as she reaches in to hold her and hug her. And then you have Josh, you have Josh Dallas coming in and he's got the, the, the signature Josh Dallas tears. Cause you know, the boy, the boy is not, the most ranged he's not he he doesn't hold the candle to jennifer goodwin but when that boy needs to cry he will cry i i like i love josh dallas through this whole episode because it had such a dad energy to it because it was just like because snow was just like it's our daughter she's home we're a family and Trevor's just like cool got my girls it's all gonna be fine and then henry shows up and it's like grandpa and then jennifer and then snow laughs and it's just it it's it's like a heartbreaking happy thing where you're just like oh no they're realizing that and he's just like hey kid it was just like yes this is perfect i love this dynamic it it was very beautiful but there was there was a complexity to it and that was emma like you could see a hesitation there and it was one that you can, the moment you see Emma's face, the moment you see Jennifer Morrison's face, you know exactly what the complication is. You yes. know exactly why she's being hesitant and what's wrong, but they're not going to talk about it yet because they can't really talk about it yet because then pops Jiminy Cricket running down the street as a mob flees in the other direction. He's like, <laughs> come with me. We have to save Regina because I, reasons. I love it so much. Just like, hello, four and a half minutes of everyone's love. Oh, we did it. Everything is fine. This is the this is the scene everyone wanted at the end of season one. Just that moment of, which I almost assumed that they had filmed, but then like, we got season two, so we're going to put it there. And then just, yeah, Jiminy Cricket running around like, oh, by the way, Dr. Whale has whipped everybody into a murderous frenzy. They all have pitchforks and torches and they're gonna go uh kill the witch and they're like you know and then obviously henry the voice of tiny reason is just like um she's my mom can we maybe not burn her alive and like all right i guess you see in future seasons we get grumpy he'll run in and scream it's the curse curse! but we don't have that yet right now we got jiminy cricket uh, but in the future, just know that is going to be Grumpy's de- Leroy's designated role. I do like the conflicted nature of Jiminy, where he's just like, they're trying to kill her, which I don't, we shouldn't. I'm mad. Like, <laughs> but I, it's probably not. But I'm going to go just to see. Maybe I'll feel murderous when I get there. Because uh, you know what? We love a good fairy tale mob. A good fairy tale mm-hmm. mob. And this is also when we realize no one knows who Dr. Whale is is yeah so uh dr whale is the one who is leading the mob 
and he shows up at Regina's doorstep along with a group of people. And uh, I, I just uh, so there was there was, there was a whole group of extras, people that like they just brought in for the day. And there was one woman in the back who I could not stop watching because she was not she could not stop moving. She was like. I'm going to describe this over the over over podcast and Abby's going to get to see it. So Abby, you're welcome. She was like, just shimming her shoulders, just like rage face, just kept like going up and down like this. She, Cause she was just so mad. She had the I, mad shimmy shoulders. I like the and idea that great. this was like, this was like the 15th take and she was the only one that kept up mob energy where yeah. she was just yeah. and everyone's just like guys i'm so tired there's nothing left on craft service table so we're just gonna uh and dr whale with very like problematic energy because he like pinned her against the thing and he was just like oh yeah we're gonna it's like oh i'm very uncomfy with whatever's happening here but then the heroes arrive yay heroes arrive and they say don't do what you're about to do and that's where we get that that little teaser, because this episode does have a lot of teasers for what we're going to get. We did we did skip over one part, and it's mm-hmm. the part where Regina came out, and she thought she was going to be guns a-blazing because magic's back. So she tried to roasty-toasty them. It didn't. It didn't. And I, I did like how everybody ducked. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you know, she could have just said she did something to them. Just, you know, power positive thinking. Yeah, Regina, you got you got the, you got the you got a, more power than you know. Or she just does a Cersei Lannister thing, where it's like power is where power is believed. Waha, you duck! <laughs> <laughs> I got flinched, you. Flinched, made you look, and runs runs into her house and locks all the doors. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we get that tease about where you know where like Doctor like basically charming goes to Doctor Will and goes, "Do you even go here?" Yeah, right. <laughs> I just, I just like, and I know Regina. Like, I'm just not to spoil it for anybody, obviously. I think we've spoiled it already, but it doesn't matter. But, like, Regina knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like the idea that Charming doesn't know what he is. So, me, you had that line pop in your head. Mine was the Thanos line where it's like, you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> who are you, man? So, they, yeah, so they agree to uh, put her in the world's worst jail cell. I, I just, I don't agree with this jail cell for long-term placement. This is a bad jail cell, but, you know, after everything Regina put them through, you know, maybe giving her a room without a crapper is, you know, kind of what she deserves. I guess that's fair. Fairy tale characters don't poop. Yes. So then we cut to Mr. Gold. <sighs> this is a thing. And I hated it the whole time through. So, like, he he's kind of, he's a, he's a little bewildered about the he doesn't quite know what his purple smoke did, but he knows it did something and he's excited about it. And then meanwhile, okay. Bell. Let's, let's talk about Bell in this episode because she's the worst. I, so I had a realization during this episode and, and forgive me. I don't, I am old. I don't remember if I've had this realization on the podcast. Like, I don't know if I've described it, but it became very crystal clear during this episode for me is that Rumpel and Belle are like a vacation romance that are trying to stay together, like after the vacation. And Mm. it's just not working. That's the entire vibe that I just got here. Um, But yeah, no, this is Red Flag City. Like Rumpel at one point basically tells her, Point blank. This is what's happening. And she's like, no, girl, I love a project. <sighs> yeah, because she she basically, like, they're in the forest. And this happens several times over the course of the episode 
Rumpel will say, I'm doing something terrible. She says, if you do it less terrible, we can be together and it'll be great. And then he goes, okay. But then he does the terrible thing anyway. And this happens a couple of times. It happens with like the magic reveal. Then he gets pissed about Regina and is like, this is all Regina's fault. I'm going to kill her for what she did to you and put you away. And granted, he's mad. And I get that. Um, but and she's like, no, no, don't kill her. And then we can we can beat about together and it's going to be great. He's like, all right, where's my <laughs> I won't I won't kill her. I'm going to get a, I'm going to, I'm going to use a, a weird, re- very fake looking uh, pendant thing that looks like Legends of the Hidden Temple. And I'm going to summon a CGI wraith to do the job for me. A wraith that is ridiculously powerful, completely unstoppable. And as far as I know, never comes into play ever again. Yeah. I, uh, I don't remember the wraith. At all. Every time something happened with the Wraith, I went, I don't remember what happens. I mean, I got you get an inkling because it kind of leads you to where it's supposed to go. But yeah, this mm-hmm. whole thing with Rumple and Belle is that Rumple is, you know what? For all intents and purposes, Rumple's being straight with her. Like, hey, I'm a monster. I am a loophole guy. I do I make deals. I'm kind of evil because that's who I am. So you need to leave. And she's just like, no, I love a project. I, I know. I believe in it. I think my favorite thing that Rumpel says to her is being like, oh, in the hour that you've known me, which he regrets after he says it, but he's not wrong. No, I was like, that's, I was like, Rumpel, that's the smartest thing you've said all day. Yeah. Because again, this is why I had the, oh, this is a relationship a vacation relationship because they had this really isolated time where it's just like when you're you know it's like when you're like when you're by yourself you're fine but when you're with your friends you're kind of an asshole Uh, like if your job (laughs) is just to be an asshole like and he does his job all the time he's just an asshole he's just nice to you Uh, like if you can't if you can't make peace with that that's on you that's not on him like obviously rumple makes some choices later but like for for right now rumple's not wrong Bell is Bell is um Bell's looking for a bad boy but doesn't want one like she wants all the perks but none of the other stuff. Yeah, see the the problem that I have with this is and and I don't want to I don't want to unfairly blame Bell. She's clearly in a a she's clearly in a toxic dynamic with a very toxic person. At the same time, I do remember in later episodes we do see her interacting with other fairy tale people like we've seen it in season one she interacted with leroy and told him all about love mm-hmm. like she, i'm assuming she knows snow i think she meets mulan at one point although we haven't really seen mulan in yeah because she's still in the other land like she knows other characters so the fact that she's just this isolated thing that is just at rumple's side through it all like from the very beginning it doesn't check to me because the bell that was locked away for 28 years in the you know in the asylum doesn't know who rumple is and the one that was kidnapped by regina does know who he is it doesn't care i thought she didn't like him much how does she apparently, have this much devotion to him? Apparently she just loved him. And you know what? Well, well, maybe we can maybe we can do it that. Maybe we can just retcon that a little bit of just saying she was in love with him. 
And then Regina captured her and put her in a whatever. And then she just whittled, like, her brain just deteriorated away in captivity of just, like, the only thing I have left is my love for Rumpel, which is not great, obviously. So it's kind of like when you're on a, like, a Bachelor-type show where the isolation and the lack of contact with the outside world makes you obsess over this yeah. one other person. The lack of sleep, the mm. antagonizing by pa- people in power. Yeah, it, it'll make your brain go nutty whether you know it or not, and especially... Her, everyone else woke up to 28 years of like memories of one night stands and feuds and fights and all kinds of weird things. Bells woke up and was just like, oh, there's just this gap and it's just this endless toiling in a four by four cell and eating gruel. Like, eh, like it's just, yeah. Yeah, but the the problem with all of that is we're doing more legwork for it than the show does. Like, you know, yeah, the show yeah, yeah. doesn't is not mm-hmm. this this is the problem that I from what I remember and it's not that much. This is the problem with Belle as a character. She's not written to be herself. She's written for gold. She's written yeah. for Rumpel. As a result, all the very legitimately interesting things about her experience, her trauma, her PTSD, we're already seeing those being pushed to the side so that she can have literal Stockholm Syndrome. Because, like, he dresses her up like she's a doll. And she (laughs) finds out that he tried to curse and kill Regina. And so she leaves. But she leaves to go on a walk in, like, six inch stilettos get it girl also it's kind of creepy that rumple dressed her up in stilettos like i like my ladies tall uh no like i then she comes back and then rumple tries to send her away saying i'm a monster you can't be with me and she says that's the reason i have to stay no bad bell no yeah no where did you go to a walk to? I like I like the idea that Belle is still true to her character and like she just came back kind of drunk. Like she was like out getting drunk at that one bar that's on the outside of town and then, you know, the cursed ladies who tavern had just woken up from whatever their drunken old lady lives were <laughs> and it was just like, did you hear about the curse? I heard about the curse. Oh man, there's Belle. What do you think she's doing? I thought she was dead. It's a whole situation. And then so she, like, drunkenly walked herself back and being like, I don't have anywhere to sleep. I love you, I guess. Please let me have a room. The ladies who tavern are definitely the ladies who grannies in Storybrooke, right? Because oh, that's yes. The, I mean, there there is also that, that other bar that we saw in, like, one episode. Yep. But I don't think the ladies who tavern go there except for special occasions like birthdays. Like, they go there to celebrate their birthday because it's yeah. a cheat day. Agreed. I also just feel like they're just like, let's just go out and go dancing. But they do that way too much. Like, just like, and then they just drink too many martinis. <laughs> they go dancing at Granny's. They go this dancing. is my they're song! Like, they're trying to convince Granny to come with them. Like, Girl, you need to come with us. Like, <laughs> But I'm working. But we're here. Just come over and dance, Granny. Come out from behind come the on. bar. We're gonna have- they're playing on the jukebox and they're just yeah. playing Journey constantly over and over. And it's just... Wait, no, no, no. And then, and then it follows up with, Girl, your record on the uh, this is my jam oh they love it they love it so much but then they like just get drunk and they just sit around just like loudly talking shit to anybody that walks into the room like someone comes in for like a 
a coffee because they just finished their shift at the whatever pet store that they work at. It's just like, hey, Charming, how's your divorce? I told him. (laughs) He didn't hear me. He didn't hear me. Say it louder. Divorce! (laughs) See, now that they've woken up, like the ladies who tavern slash grannies have double the goss. And they can like combine it. It's a... yeah, we the ladies who tavern are going to have a lot to dish about. 100% there was a lady who taverns right around the corner when Snow shouted that she had a one night stand with Whale. <laughs> and she's like, <gasps> and, oh my, and, and, and then one of them is like, did you hear? She had a one night stand with Whale. And the other was like, uh, yeah, we already like knew that. We were there at the... We were there at Granny's. It was Tuesday night. <laughs> it was Tuesday night happy hour. You chose not to go because you were in couples therapy. And <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, I, I knew, I knew they had a one night stand. I was just checking if you knew. I, I also, I also will posit. We said this before that Regina is the only one who knows who Doctor Whale actually is. One hundred percent, the ladies who tavern also know where Doctor Whale is from and who he is. Oh yeah, they the the ladies who tavern slash Grannies are fully in the know about the multiple worlds oh and, yeah and like they're they're they better keep us in the loop that's all I'm oh saying. also because and then just to close out here uh knowing how dr whale is 100 percent hooked up with a couple of the ladies who tavern oh for sure sh- oh yeah for sure yeah but but that's the one thing they don't talk about with each other because they all think they're the only one who has and that makes them special Beth- but they're not they all have They've if we ever have, it. if we ever have merch, the only thing it's gonna like, there's gonna be two things. There's gonna be one from current where it's just ladies who tavern, uh, but then there's gonna be one from the like the way back, and it's just gonna be like, and I forget what it is. Someone correct me from the Facebook group, but remember when we had the whole like backstory about the whale and the spider dark ones who were like best friends? <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought about that the other day, and I went, oh, good times. Oh, the memories. <laughs> So anyway, back <laughs> anyway, to reality. Anyway, so yeah, so that is what happens with Rumpel and Bell, and I hate all of it, and we're never going to talk about it again, except probably next week. Except for next episode. Up. It'll come back up. But yeah, so Rumpel goes to visit Regina in the cell, and Regina thinks he's just there to gloat, but it turns out he's not there just to gloat. He's there to put the mark on her. Oh no, she's got this mark thing on her, and in pops, like, Rumpel summons a wraith. It arrives. It goes, woo! shit in it it totally causes a giant storm outside for for our, for our listeners everywhere. who don't get to, for our <laughs> listeners who don't get to watch how beth reacted to that just a match put your arms straight up over your head all right now when she says woo just kind of do this <laughs> that's the wraith the wraith is actually the the wraith is actually a big um jet black I was doing that. she's a, the wraith is a big jet black wacky inflatable arm flailing tube man <laughs> With a flashlight coming out of its face. <laughs> I do like that it had this, like, real big... Like, it was somewhere between Lord of the Rings Wraith, which I, I assume is where its original um, um, whatever is from, and then it was, like, a Death Eater. Not a Death Eater, um, a Dementor. Like, it was somewhere... Like, it was a merriment between the two of them just to avoid copyright play- problems. Yeah. Uh, because that's what it does. It's just there to suck Regina's light soul out of her. Yeah, it's like it's just yeah, it's definitely doing the Dementor thing where it's sucking her face off. Yeah, and um, and yeah, it shows up, and then and then it meets its most deadly foe, a chair. Boy, just throws a chair at it. Have at you. I like you know what? Say what you will about Charming, he will make a weapon out of anything, and uh, 
when you don't know what you're going to do, because I mean, again, in this whole, this whole episode is charming, just doing random, like, look, I found things that could be weapons. He finds brooms later. He lights, he closes a door so he can make a continuous line of fire. Like he is very good under pressure. 10 out of 10. This is a character trait that we've carried over from season one. Love Mm -hmm. it. Well, it's good because Regina is terrible at mm-hmm. Latin, you know, at thinking on her feet. So, you know, good good pairing there. Uh, so, yeah, so they end up being able to temporarily slow down the Wraith, which, by the way, is a creature Regina seems to know a lot about. Again, it's all very weird because I'm pretty sure this is a one-off monster, and it shouldn't be because this thing is way too powerful to exist in the world of once upon a time it is all it is borderline ridiculous like it almost like this isn't a fairy tale character like this is like this would be just like if we introduced i I don't even have like a a a thing to it just seems out of place yeah it's it's something that you can't defeat and they don't defeat it they just redirect its target which to be fair i don't I didn't super hate, like, I did like that they were kind of, like, this is the thing that they don't do, I don't remember if they just don't do it later in the show, or I'm just confusing this with the reboot of Charmed, but when they're, when, when faced with something that you don't know, there's a lot of thinking on your feet and saying, I don't know, and that's what happens in this episode, there's a lot of panic and just trying to think on your feet, uh, which works and doesn't work, and all, ultimately has mixed results, uh, I appreciated the reaction to this because it's just like what do we do when there's an undefeatable monster this is the wraith is the best monster they've had like yeah and and i will uh, i'll i'll guess and you on that because i do agree and i also think it adds a moral ambiguity that again was present early on in the show and we we see less and less of in later seasons this is a this is a pretty uh morally dubious decision that they make because what they do decide to do is get Jefferson's hat that who's, who's Regina seems surprised that Emma knows about, but then Regina also pretends she doesn't know who Jefferson is. It was this very weird relation. It was a very weird thing between the two of them. This this was the conversation of, we need Jefferson's hat, but we cannot get Sebastian's stand back. What do we do? We do this. <laughs> and uh, so they get ready to, um, to, re- to, to wait, you know, to basically trap the Wraith and send it somewhere else. Sending it to the fairy tale world, which Regina believes has been completely destroyed. Uh, of course, before that happens, Snow has been trying to have a conversation with Emma this whole Ugh. time, and Emma is very hesitant and does not seem interested in doing so. So then eventually, Snow is just like, Girl, what's wrong? You're my daughter. I miss you. I want to talk. I want to ask how your day was. How I was love that charming, charming the whole time. He's like, It's fine. We don't, we don't need to talk about it. It's fine. We don't, can we just, maybe not. And Snow's like, no, we're going to, we're going to have therapy right here in the middle of the street. And I want to know, but turns out she does not want to know. No, this is uh this is an answer Snow doesn't like, but she does understand because as Emma puts it, it's like, yeah, you had your whole fairy tale world. You had this big epic thing where you, you sent me away to give me my best chance so I can come and save everyone from this big curse. She's like, that didn't, that's fine. That doesn't mean shit for me for most of my life. I was just alone and abandoned and in foster care. Yeah. Like, your your fantasy didn't change my reality for most of my life. And so, Snow yeah. doesn't know what to say to that. No, because, and and this does speak to what happened in season one. At no point did they consider what that, what Emma would think. 
Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to send our babies away. Aren't we heroes? Aren't we wonderful heroes? And never thought about what they were giving up. Um, and because obviously they're like, oh, no, don't worry. She's going to come back and save you. What did they think that she was going to come back and save them when she was two and they'd barely missed any time? No, she's going to come back as a full-fledged adult. And I'm going to guess that if you ask somebody, like, obviously, this is a very complicated conversation that I don't I, I don't want to speak 100% for, obviously. But it's just like, if you asked Emma... As a, as a child who went through the foster system and grew up with kind of a hard life, you have two choices. You can be a hero at the age of 30 to a bunch of storybook characters and, like, everyone loves you and you're the savior. Or you grow up with two parents who love you and, a, it, you know, whatever, what curse or no curse, you know, whatever. She's she's going to pick that, that second one every single time. Because yeah. that's what you want. You want parents. You grew up without parents. That's a hole that you cannot put back together. And it turns her into a sacrifice without her consent. Like, exactly. She, her whole childhood her whole life was sacrificed for people that she did not know and that's that's a hard thing to ask of somebody so I do like that this is where Emma's damage is and I think it's completely valid agreed I I I like this again too and I do like that I like Snow's confusion about it too because Mm -hmm. she shouldn't have been able because in Snow's mind she's just like no we did this wonderful thing you're such a hero that doesn't that's not the world that emma grew up in that's not what emma wanted and i again charming just being like sucks (laughs) (laughs) we gotta go (laughs) i gotta find some brooms to light on fire (laughs) yes he he likes his his broom torches so they do succeed in um getting uh getting the wraith into the portal created by jefferson's hat which does destroy the hat in the process uh, but however, I think charming does... chest bumping it is what actually destroyed. The hat. He just I mean, fully landed on it. I, I, I mean, it's call a little column A, a little column B. Like, um, I will say. say before we get too far from it, one of the moments that I liked was mm. when Emma revealed to to Regina that Henry had asked to for her to be to spare Regina. Yes, yeah. she was just like, I promise, Henry, I wouldn't kill you. And Regina goes, Oh, <laughs> oh, that's and. Nice. And the other thing was Regina had trouble accessing the magic of the hat until Emma put her hand on it too. And yes. then all of a sudden it worked, which again which, is another yeah. laying a breadcrumb. Laying which a crumb. Emma didn't notice at all. This no. completely flies by Emma. Regina, on the other hand, knows immediately. It is a, whoa, what did you do? But it also seemed to kind of awoke, awoken something within Regina because... Emma and Snow have now been sucked into the mystery portal. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, Emma was sucked in involuntarily. Oh, that's Snow right. jumped in after her because she's like, we still need a talk. And she's just like, we are not done with our conversation, young lady. Get back here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then so I, I liked... I liked everything that Josh Dallas did in this this whole scene in this room because at one point they completely cut the music. And I loved what, because he was just like, Wah. like, it was very like Batman, like Harrison Ford, where's my family? Wah. And she's just like, I don't know. I don't know. And then she ties him up to the wall with vines. Mm-hmm. She couldn't Magic make fire, vines. but she can do this. Um, and I, when, when he is released, this is, this is just the part of me liking what Josh Jealous's choices were. Uh, is when he's released and the first time he has to speak, he speaks in this really dark, deep voice of, I was just like, choke, choke the shit out of me. He's like, I'll take him. And I, lo- I, I liked what he did here. Cause yeah, I- this whole scene was really interesting. Cause like Regina gets that bloodlust 
in her eyes because she's like, oh, I can access my magic again. I am immediately going to just do it, just use it to murder this shepherd boy that I don't like. Uh, but then in pops Henry uh, with Red. And, and the moment Henry comes in, Regina has that clash between her old life and her new life. And you see she doesn't know what to do. No. So she does release Charming and tries to kind of cover the whole thing like with this fine layer of no no sweetie it's fine but henry's just like no we no, were no, just no. i'm gonna go we with were, grandpa we were rehearsing a scene in a play honey no tell him you're fine uh yeah that's when he gets up and he's like he's coming with me and it was just like grandpa and grandson they're gonna go fishing yay, yay! Uh, uh and yeah and that's yeah. that's where we leave off in storybrook we've got oh. the wraith has been sent away oh what I was just going to say, you missed you missed probably what I would assume was your favorite line in the whole episode. Mm-hmm. They get back to Snow's apartment, or Mary Margaret's apartment, and find a picture of Emma and Snow posing in the frame. And he's like, what if we never find them? And then Josh Dallas summons up all of his charming energy, and he's like, I will find them. I'll always find them. Let's see... There's, there's a reason I, I didn't talk about that. I was going to move on. No. I have thoughts about that I'm not, line. I'm not, letting you, I'm not letting you barrel right over that. No. Absolutely not. He got he got just, I mean, serial killer vibes. Loved what he did <laughs> right up until that moment. And it's not his fault. That line is just, it just doesn't land. It doesn't, it sounds no. so cool. If it were in a book, fine. Like reading that line, you're just like, oh my God, I'll always find him. This is so amazing. Oh, I love this so much. But then it's just like, when you hear it out loud, you're like, oh. mm. it's one of those things that I I, I liked at the time. Mm-hmm. I loved it at the time, but but time time makes fools of us all, and that line does not hold up to all its repeats. But I'm not going to get into that. Why don't we go to the enchanted forest, which it turns out is uh not completely destroyed. Uh, no, there's there, definitely it, looks like a, a hellhole though. But oh, it's yeah, a, it looks kind of uh, shitty. Uh, so a strange man with a sword approaches a strange sleeping woman with a strange knight nearby, uh, and he kisses her, and she's like, ah, Philip, and she's like, Aurora, and you're like, oh, Sleeping Beauty. Um, oh, and they have the curse whoosh. They have the curse whoosh. There's a rainbow pulse, and before he kisses. Aurora, he tells his his uh, handy sidekick, he's just like, well, we don't tell her right away. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to give her, to it. we're going to, yeah, we're just small things. We're going to get all the way, it's fine to tell her right away. And he's like, oh yeah, I love you so much. He's like, I love you too. It's all going to be fine. It's like, it's just been a year. It's kind of, it's not a big deal. Anyway, we have to go. <laughs> I write this second. Like, so much. Uh, <laughs> basically, then, uh, I, they are under attack from By... a wraith. A wraith! And I wonder where the wraith came from! And then there's a... The, the pendant falls out, and Philip grabs the pendant, and then he runs away, and then reveal that it is Mulan. I forgot that we see Mulan this early i thought that she was later in the, the season for some reason but nope they were just no, like here we go and and this this all happens like out of order you know in traditional once upon a time you you flick back and forth between present and past uh but the indication here is the implication i should say is that storybrook sent the wraith to the enchanted forest and it popped up right after prince philip kissed aurora so yes. these storylines are happening concurrently. This is not 
you know, this is not happening in the which, past. Which then, and we'll just explain this here because Mulan does explain this to Aurora at a later point where mm-hmm. she's just like, listen, we were, she didn't explain as much as I would like her to because she's like, we were frozen for 28 years. In place? <laughs> like, like, were you just like, <laughs> because then Looking she's like, and there. then we unfroze and then we could continue our search. I have a thousand questions. What does that mean? Were you just stuck somewhere in motion or were you like able to like repeat, but you couldn't get a certain, like, you know, like in a video game where you haven't unlocked a level. So there's like randomly a bush in front of the path that you need to go. So you're just like, shit, I can't go that way. I have so many questions about how they were frozen, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm guessing it's the same way that they were in Storybrooke and that they were living the same day over and over again. I guess. So, so basically, uh, (laughs) So basically what happens is they, they, they are frozen in time and when Emma comes back to Storybrooke, it starts back up again. They finish their quest and at the moment that Aurora and Philip kiss is when Jefferson's hat open Jefferson's hat opens and sends through a wraith and two ladies. Uh, so what happens from this point on is that Mulan knows what the wraith is. She's just like, listen, that's a wraith. Uh, luckily none of us were marked. I didn't check anybody, but I just assumed none of us were marked. So let's just keep going and we'll be fine. And Philip's like looking at his hand like, <laughs> this is fine. I definitely. <sighs> yeah. And he was looking at it like right next to Aurora's face. And you'd think she like, it, it, it's almost. Okay. So what were your thoughts on Aurora? Because she annoyed the hell out of me in this episode. I, Aurora was not, I don't dislike Aurora's character. I just. This was the kind of character that you like. This was very like, you know, city girl goes to the woods. Oh no, I'm wearing heels. Where's my luggage gonna go? What? Like she's not built for the crazy world that she lives in, and she's mostly. They were like, we're gonna make Mulan a warrior. Not make this is what Mulan is, but it's like we got Mulan. She's gonna look like a badass and got her knight army and everything. What is the actual opposite of Mulan? And it's in a flowy dress, her hair is down, very flat on top, noticed, uh, and uh, and just very girly. Doesn't really have any skills other than waiting for my boyfriend to build me a tent. Again, yes, r- annoyed me, but this is a real person in a situation like this. Like, she just doesn't, she's not a hero. She's not, she's like the light version of, uh, like, er. She's like Midas's daughter light is what I'm going for. Yeah, she's not I a just bitch, did... but she's just like not cut out for this. I don't know. I I was her to- like I know I don't want to tone police cuz dear god, we get that all the time, but like she she got aggressive and kind of nasty kind of on the drop of a pin. And and I remember Aurora, really liking Aurora's character later on as her relationship with Mulan develops. I just didn't think this was a very good debut for her character. And I think it's partially because the actress just didn't have a handle on who this character was. And the writers didn't either. So I, I agree. Like I'll, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I think for me, it was more of a, this is a woman who's been asleep for 30 years. Uh, (laughs) And the world she lived in, she was a princess and she got put into the sleeping curse and everything. But then her boyfriend shows up with this hot other woman and, we now we're on the run, like, because she thought she was going to get kissed, and I don't know what she thought she was going to happen, but, you know, get get kissed and, like, live as a princess forever in her days in a castle. Like, she's not made for living in the woods. She doesn't sleep in tents. Like, this kind of checks out for me a little bit. I don't think we were supposed to like Aurora at all. 
which is fair. I don't think any of us liked Aurora because we were supposed to like Mulan more, even though you kind of don't like Mulan either because Mulan is just like, I need to leave and abandon you, the thing, the guy I... I We'll get there. So they set up camp and Philip's like, hey, I'm going to go get some wood. I'll be back in five minutes. Openly sobbing, starts making out with Aurora like, don't worry, I'll be back any moment. And leaves because he is going to go and he knows that that wraith is coming and he doesn't want Aurora to be involved and he definitely doesn't want Mulan to be involved. Mm -hmm. So he goes out to sacrifice himself. Takes his horses. Like, just leave them the horses. What are you doing, dude? And that's... I like that, like, so Aurora comes out and she's just like, oh my god, with the flint and the click, 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 click. What are you doing? Why hasn't Philip come back? She's like, I thought Philip was in the tent with you. I was trying to make too much noise because I thought you guys were doing it in the tent. <laughs> she's like, no. And Mulan understands exactly why. She's like, damn it, he was marked. He, I have to go save him. And Aurora's just like, oh, I'm totally going to come too. He's like, no, you're going to stay here unguarded. This is the part where I thought that Mulan's character kind of broke a little bit because Mulan, maybe not broken, but she clearly loves Philip or has an attachment to Philip. We can we can discuss later in the season what her feelings towards Philip actually are. Uh, and she's just going to abandon this person. She'd be like, hi, hey, you're the thing that Philip loves the most. I'm just going to leave you here. Good luck. I feel like she wouldn't have done that. I don't know why. Like, I feel like she would be like, I'm supposed to protect you. Like, he left. That's what it is. I'm here to protect you. But now she wants to save Philip because she's blinded by her her affection. Yeah, I mean, I think she wasn't thinking rationally. Correct. And um, the one credit I will give Aurora is that she does recognize that Mulan is in love with Philip. And she doesn't get mad at her. She's just like, so, yeah, I can see so it. So to be fair. Stop lying. Don't lie to me. So to be fair, this could have also gone, this could have gone a completely different way where Aurora sucks. Being like, oh my god, you're so in love with my boyfriend. She's like, no, I'm not. I've just been, I I am just like, we we serve together. I don't, I'm not in love with him. I've got to, you know, like, just like you are like, they could have gone the crazy ex, like the crazy girlfriend mode of being like. Yeah, and I'm I just, like that they didn't. Yeah, I do too. It, it would have been so easy. This would have been such a good. Like, not a good, but this would have been such, like, early 2000s trope of being like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, another hot woman in the woman. Yes, you're allowed to have unrequited love because, obviously, we're going to expand on that later, but it's just one of those, there's an unrequited love. Aurora gets it, and nothing makes me happier than when a girl goes, oh, my God, are you in love with my boyfriend? Look, I get it. (laughs) But get in line. I am still alive. Uh, So they go to find Philip, who is just standing in a clearing. Uh, I do like that Aurora's like, I found a horse. We're going. They find Philip. Philip sacrifices himself. Um, they just scream in the background. It's all very campy. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like a, a Mulan would have summoned a chair to throw at him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I remember when they said that the wraith doesn't necessarily kill you so much as like send your soul to for eternal torment or something. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're opening the door for him to be able to come back, but dear God, that's like, that's terrifying. <laughs> I just like how casually they talk about it too. Like, yeah. I don't think gold's not super casual about it, but, but Mulan and, and Philip kind of just like, Oh, and it just, it steals your soul for, and, and do, Oh, do you hear those? Do you hear those screams? Oh, those yeah, are the screams those of, are the, the of the souls. Of the souls that yeah. Oh, one of them's my boyfriend now. 
Interesting. So they take Philip's lifeless, soulless body and put it on Aurora's stand. And they're, and that's kind of when Mulan gives Aurora the lowdown of being like, okay, mm-hmm. here's what happened. I don't know why this specific corner of the world was saved. But see that pile of crap over there? That's what brought the wraith here. And they go over there and they find Emma and Snow unconscious in a pile of like wood because they came they 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 got summoned with like all this stuff that they pulled out of regina's like town hall area and they're just like pointing the sword so uh emma and snow are gonna wake up to violence they're gonna wake up to a bit of a bit of a bit of a surprise but whatever they're all gonna form an awesome girl band and take over europe amazing (laughs) and that was season two episode one broken um and we find out that yeah, there the enchanted forest still has a pocket of life left. There are apparently there's apparently a band of survivors that have uh, joined forces at some point, and I'm guessing we're going to get to meet them in the future. Um, and I'm very like I I like this episode. I hated this the was- Rumple Bell stuff. It was terrible. Uh, it wasn't my favorite, and it's certainly not the best season premiere the show has ever done. No. Um, and it was also like while there were those couple moments between Snow and Emma that I thought were really good and a bit with Regina as well. Overall, it was kind of just going from spot to spot, trying to mm-hmm. lay all these breadcrumbs and not really getting into the emotional core of holy shit, we were all just brainwashed for so long and now we have these memories back. It wasn't quite diving into that which I think is something we see later is where it's just like, oh, this wildly traumatic thing has happened to us. We will carry on. Like, there's, <laughs> we don't have time to talk about it. There is another thing happening. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Not the strongest season opening that they've had. But again, mm-hmm. like as we talked about at length for the, <laughs> the finale, they closed out this huge story. Like, they unfolded this giant story and... They closed it and there's nothing to go back to on that story except for what happened in it, like talking about it. They now have to tell a whole separate story. Mm-hmm. And in that context, I think they did well where it's like, hey, you know that big epic story we just told? Here's some more. I am now interested. I'm confused, but I'm interested. <laughs> I will continue yeah, I- watching. Yeah, it, it did make me almost mourn what we had before a little bit. Just yes. kind of remembering, oh, it's we're never going to have that again. Like, well, you can watch re- watch season one anytime you want. It's on it's on Disney Plus. But you, we're never the show is might have occasional trips into convenient amnesia, but we're never going to return to that version of Storybrooke ever again. It's a very, and, and again, like I said, we we talked about it a little bit, where it's just like you have this capsule of people not knowing and you not knowing. Like, as an audience member, we also had no idea what was going on. Now we have a lot more information, and we also know a lot of the rules. Us knowing the mm-hmm. rules changes a lot about the story. The more rules we learn, the more the story has to change, which I feel like as we go through, we're going to notice that it doesn't keep up with the fact that we're learning rules. They need to keep up with those rules. Um, This season, not so much. This season obviously introduces a whole bunch of stuff and a lot more rules, (laughs) a lot more rules. And we're going to get to meet hook. Next episode. 
I don't think so. Oh my god, I got so excited. I was like, I. I, no, I, I don't. Miss, I don't remember I when he comes in, but I know also Cora's coming in, and she's gonna play a part. And there's a lot I don't remember. There's a lot I don't remember from the season, but I mean, I'm curious to find out. And I, I, I do like how the even though the season episode was not the best, wasn't the strongest. I did like how they came out of the gate with, look, we have a lot of things we're gonna get to. Here's little tasters. We're giving yes. you a little tapas. Little tapas Here's plate. some tasting spoons for you. Exactly. Please enjoy. Please enjoy. Uh, you know, try it. There's more to come. Um, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Solid B plus. Yes. Well, we want to, of course, uh, thank all of you guys for uh, sticking with us on Once Upon a Timing as we head into season two. Of course, a special thank you to our patrons, especially our snow queens. That would be Lisa Slack, Patrick Stevens, Jacob Fulcalt, Paul, Brian, Sanina, Blake Brinkley, Matt LeClerc, and Zach Chobanoff. If you're interested in becoming a patron yourself, you can head to patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can join our wonderful Facebook group. That is facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You're also on Twitter at OUA timing. I'm at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we will be back next week with season two, episode two, and perhaps the ladies who tavern. I don't know. They're always around the corner. I, always watching. Always listening. I do like the always idea dancing. that someone <laughs> always dancing. Dance like the ladies who tavern are drunk with you. Uh, I like that the idea that I I have introduced ladies who tavern. We did not explain it. But you started the episode like, hey, ha- are you just now joining us? And there's like a five minute chunk in the middle of this where we have a no context inside joke that goes on way too long. <laughs> so, guys, again, thank you very much. Um, it's been a week. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And I love you guys. And I'm glad we're opening up this brand new chapter of Once Upon a Time. Yay! Yay! <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone, so much. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week, Beth. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.